back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. This is Josh. And today, today, we're going to talk about Madhouse 16. But before we do that, I would like to thank a few people. Oh, I was unprepared, but go ahead. (laughs) I know you were unprepared. I didn't tell you I was doing this. I'm not prepared to thank anyone. (laughs) I am prepared to thank the people who reminded us that the other contributors to the Bright Lights Big City soundtrack were not so obscure. Oh, they were perhaps obscure names, but when you pair them with the bands that they were in, (laughs) they're much less obscure. Less obscure. But I would like to thank Chambers, Matthew, Diana, and Stephen, who all reached out to us on social media and very, very kindly corrected us. They were not mean about it at all. Uh, Hey, you idiots. (laughs) You ever heard of Steely Dan? (laughs) Exactly. So if we make a mistake and you miss something or something huge we should know that should be in big neon lights in front of our faces isn't there, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. And you can send us an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com. Just pick one. You don't have to do all three. You know, in my defense, in my defense, in 1987, 88, I had just started preparing for this podcast. So (laughs) if I wasn't listening to Steely Dan to the point where I could name all of the Dan's members, (laughs) I don't feel so badly. Granted, I never learned them, but I didn't know them then. I still don't know. That's right. That's fine. All right. So now that we've got that little bit of housekeeping out of the way, Madhouse 16. Madhouse 16. I'm a lot less nervous about it this time. Since we've covered an instrumental album in the past. That's right. Since we did Madhouse 8 and it went fairly well. I think so. So, For a couple of uh, non-musicians and non-music scholars. uh Uh-huh. We did all right. Yeah. I'd rather be corrected on, (laughs) you ever heard of Steely Dan than, hey, you don't know jack about jazz? Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Exactly. So we'll take our lumps where they come. (laughs) This was the final official release by the quote-unquote band, uh, released in 1987, just 10 months after 8 was released. Right, which I thought was kind of amazing. How did Prince get a... Double album and two instrumental albums and a home video and an and European a tour, tour. All of this squeezed into 1987. Uh-huh. It seems like uh, an awful lot. Yeah, kind of amazing. It was recorded just after filming of the Sign of the Times movie, July 30th to August 2nd, 1987, except for Nine, which was recorded in March. Yeah, which would have been... Much earlier. Yes. This time it wasn't just Eric Leeds and Prince. Right. Sheila E., Levi Caesar Jr., and Dr. Fink all appear on this album, but Prince and Sheila E. are go completely uncredited. Right. Yeah. 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 And there are still the same fictional credited folks. <laughs> yes. Like John Lewis, the drummer who uh-huh. never existed, uh-huh. uh, that were credited on eight also credited on 16 but not only do they not play on the album they don't have social security numbers either (laughs) or bodies nope (laughs) all right so it makes sense that they kick it off with nine yeah exactly track recorded for the album that's right 
These songs may, in fact, appear in chronological order, for all we know. Yeah. They could. That we don't know for sure. We do know that the order that they're... the They have the name that they have because of the order that they're in. Right. They but, weren't named before recording. No. no. Yeah. All right. This one's going to be 11. That's right. Let's start. Two. Three. Yeah. Wait. I thought you said 11. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is different... Then another song called Nine. That's right. That was recorded in October of 1986. Right. Which, to my knowledge, is not circulating. I did talk to a couple folks to say, hey, am I missing this? Do Mm -hmm. you have something named Nine that might be this song? And uh, nothing definitive. Right. Came about it. Instrumentals from around that time that could possibly be nine recorded at the same time as the Madhouse 8 tracks, but nobody knows quite for sure. Correct. And this was interesting, the recording during the same set of sessions that produced Cindy C and Dead On It from Mm -hmm. the Black Album, which I thought was kind of cool. Thank you, Prince Vault, as always. Mm -hmm. Digital Underground sampled this. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and Aww, they're... how timely with the passing of Shock G. I know. Aww. Their 1989 song, Hip Hop Doll. Really? Where they Sampled sit. nine? Yes. All right, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to go listen to that. Yep. So at the beginning, there's like a little yell, welcome to the madhouse. Yeah, kind of manic, like it's a fun house is yeah. like a, or like a possessed fun house. Uh-huh, right, like it's kind of a carnival. Yeah. And it reminded me a little like of the be- beginning of Bat Dance. Yes. Shut the fuck yes. up. Yes, yes. Get the fuck up, kind of had that same flavor and i'm like yeah i believe it was uh matthew larson who uh did those shout outs on bat dance and he was actually a band technician in 1987 so he could have been the one to make those screams or been called on to do that but um yeah there's no credit for the opening screams Uh uh-huh for nine yeah uh it also does have that fairlight sample that we've mentioned a number of times. That's at the beginning of You Got the Look mm-hmm. and Coco Boys. And yeah, that synth, the uh huh. Yeah, kind of underground, underlayment. Yeah. 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 It's like what you put under your floorboards Ooh. so that the. It's a subflooring to <laughs> nine. Oh, I was thinking like the stuff that goes between the subflooring and your flooring so that it's not so cold. So like here we have concrete uh-huh. foundations. Yeah. And, and then they... I thought the subfloor was next and then the floor. Oh, well, I mean, you don't have to have a subfloor. Like if you have a pier and beam house, you have to have a subfloor yeah. or else you'll fall to the ground. Yeah. yeah. It won't be a pleasant place to live. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> you got to do a lot of big steps over That's right, the... and they all have to be consistent in length. <laughs> right. It's a shame if you have short people come to your house. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Back to the song. We've got Eric Leeds on sax, Prince, 
everything else except for Dr. Fink, who was credited for keyboards but does not appear. Mm-hmm. That's right. And also Levi Caesar Jr., credited for bass guitar, does not appear. John <laughs> Lewis, nobody. <laughs> yeah. It's a little echoey, uh-huh. and there's this like light audience noise, and yeah. it gives us this real live, fun feel. With... I know we've said this a million times, but I'm always so impressed at how Prince can make a track like this feel so live and fresh when, you know, it was yeah, he it wrote was it all new. and he brought Eric Leeds in to Yeah, play some sax. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah, the confidence with which, you know, the crowd noise is laid in is impressive. Mm-hmm. We also have those uh swooshy sound effects from this era mm-hmm. that appear throughout the song, but you can hear them at 44 seconds and at 46 seconds, kind of like, whoo. Yes. I can't do it right. Yeah. Because I'm not a <laughs> you're not machine. A, you're not a synthesizer. I also <laughs> wanted to mention as crazy and as manic as it sounds with the Welcome to the Madhouse scream, the mania takes a different turn at 36 seconds when we get chopsticks. <laughs> yeah, like the first thing you learn in piano class. Yeah. Yeah. Not the first thing Prince learned, though, on piano. Oh, no. If you listen to him, that would be, speaking of bat dance, the Batman theme. Cool. Yes. Yeah. And there's this little screen. And it like fits right in because the chopsticks has this kind of carnival feel almost. It does, yeah. And so where the scream could be a little unnerving, it really feels more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's all very playful. Yeah, like somebody's just screaming on a roller coaster nearby. No, or, you're not supposed to do that anymore. Well, scream inside your heart. <laughs> I guess it was safe to do that in 87. Yeah, maybe in 2027 it'll be safe to do it again. Maybe so. We'll see. So it's this really, like, messy sort of jazz feel that goes really quickly from one style to the next. Yeah. But it doesn't feel so self-indulgent. I think I think that's one of the things that I have a hard time with. With, with jazz. jazz is that it feels really self-indulgent. Well, it feels can, like we follow our hearts well, for our art. Yes. And it doesn't matter what the audience thinks at all. Hmm. Well, right? I mean, it like, doesn't, they are going to play. Well, but exactly. True. But you know, I'm not going to listen if they're too self-indulgent and they don't take into account the listener experience. Yeah. So yeah. if you're just making music for yourself to hear it, that's fine. Don't do it in public. You don't want a three-minute-long drum solo by Cam from um, Modern Family? No, I, I really don't. <laughs> <All right. laughs> the 15 seconds we see on the show is plenty. Right. <laughs> we get another sample of the Frank Zappa's Bizarre from uh, Our Bizarre uh, Relationship, found yep. from the album Uncle Meat at the 58-second point. There's a lot of that going on. Sixth, the end of the world mix contained this sample, and we covered this previously with 
Christopher Tracy's Parade, Bob George, All My Dreams, and Love Sexy all contain that sample. Mm-hmm. Prince loved that sample. He sure did. Then we get the sound of music for just a moment. That's right. The hills are alive with the yeah. sound of <laughs> It doesn't quite finish. I think when it gets to the word of, if uh-huh. you sing along is when it Yeah, it, goes then it sounds like direction. the Seduction 747 from International Lover is coming oh. in for a landing. Mm. You get kind of this plain landing yeah. sound. I'm like... Very nice. That's uh, quite nice. Very nice. I thought at uh, a minute and 26 seconds, it takes a different direction altogether with kind of some swagger and the same machine gun sound effect that we found Mm -hmm. in Bob George. At a minute and 30 seconds in this song, um, preceded by a woman, again uncredited, right, saying, don't move. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't move. Like a like a funky elephant makes its way through the wilderness. Kind of tough to stop. That's how I like think of this part with the I'm like, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, and then we get some funny, messy piano. Yeah, like from a minute thirty-seven seconds to a minute fifty-eight seconds, mm-hmm. kind of a piano solo solo takes us to the End of the song. Uh huh. A scant two minutes and nine seconds. Yeah, it's the shortest track on the album, and I thought of it more like an intro. Yeah. Than a fully fleshed out song. It's enjoyable and fun, comparable to I think of it like Artificial Age's opening track, Artificial Cage. It's a song, uh-huh. but it's broken up into a bunch of very identifiable and short segments, and it just kind of is there to get you into the album. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pour you into ten now. Very fun. Then we have 10, the first, first single, single. Mm-hmm. Uh, on <laughs> on the album, it's T-E-N, right. and on the single, it's 1-0. Which was also true on the first album. Mm-hmm. They released six as a single. It was the number six, but the album mm-hmm. version is spelled out. Yes. And the name of the albums are numerals. Yes. So it's consistently odd. The uh-huh. fact that they did it consistently different makes me think it's intentional, but I'm not quite convinced. <laughs> or they did it wrong and weird with the first one, and they just saved that template and changed the number. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I can see that. Ha- I think that's as likely as... Yeah, oh, I like that mistake. Let's keep it. It uh-huh. wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> nope. That. Yeah. It did reach number 66 on the R&B chart. That's amazing to me. Yes, still, that to these me instrumentals too. got up there in this day and age. Because I don't know where you would hear it on the radio. I don't know. I have um, no idea. Yeah. You know, we covered the sex of it in our last mm-hmm. episode as part of uh, some outtakes that we talked about that didn't make it onto Sign of the Times Super Deluxe Edition. And uh, this song, 10, was recorded the day after they recorded the sex of it. which I thought was cool. Yes. Two was on the 12-inch version of this single. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And there was an edit. 
mm-hmm. that was just shorter. Yeah. That was the perfect 10, 7-inch version. Right. Yeah. Cool name. Yeah. The perfect 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the one where we get Sheila E. on drums and Levi Caesar Jr. on bass. Mm-hmm. Eric Leeds on sax and Prince everything else. Yes. Uncredited. Yes. But they are all credited as co-writers on Prince Vault. So okay. they all Great. had some input. Yeah. We get the melody to start. Oh, very good. 14 seconds, we very get the good. melody. Very good. Hey, yeah. I was listening. <laughs> you were listening. I have always sung along to this song since I was a teenager and first uh-huh. heard it. And the way I sing it is, welcome to the madhouse. Do do do. Welcome to the madhouse. Do do do. I like that you do do do. That's how. I mean, I find it hard to keep track of uh, what these songs are named and yeah. how they go. And I guess listening to it on a copy of a cassette, mm-hmm. you know, with no indication on a cassette player as to where you are, except trying to peer through that little tiny window to see how much tape is on the left and how much is on the right. You'd have no idea how far along you are in the album. Uh, that was just my little, uh, normatic, normanic device. Oh. oh, for remembering 10 was welcome to the madhouse. <laughs> Very fun. Yep. We get those little synth jabs that we hear a ton in this era. Yep. The swooshy sound effects mm-hmm. are there, too, mm-hmm. starting at 17 seconds. I thought that outside of that, the first minute and 30 seconds of the song is actually kind of repetitive, mm-hmm. even though I like it. Yeah. It's a lot of, welcome to the man. <laughs> yeah. Until you get to a minute and 30 seconds, and there's this futuristic-sounding break with these pads and this kind of galactic sound going on mm-hmm. yeah they're kind of drawn out mm-hmm. and kind of interesting yeah it's fun yeah. to listen to yeah, with headphones on for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> there's these little synths that I, I said they sounded like a frog to me like, they almost sound like a sample of a part of a word that's distorted. Okay. I like sped it up and slowed it down and oh, tried I, I know altering the distortions. Yeah. And I couldn't hear even part of a word. Yeah. But yeah. it was fun. And I know thought what you're of talking frogs. About. Yes, frogs. Mm-hmm. Go bullfrogs. <laughs> <laughs> At two minutes and 21 seconds, we get the first real sax solo on the album. Pretty deep into a Madhouse album, I thought, to be like five minutes into it before you get a sax solo. Yeah. That's what we're here for, right? And it's kind of gritty sounding Uh and played really fast. Yes, very And I think I really like faster saxophone. Okay. I think that's something I have come to learn listening to these, like the long drawn out saxophone notes I don't care so much for, but if you're going to play it fast... Uh-huh. I enjoy it much more. Yeah, with notes notes that move fast. Uh-huh, yeah. yes. I thought at um, 3 minutes and 26 seconds, it sort of falls into a piano solo. Mm-hmm. 
that continues at like four minutes and 13 seconds also. Yeah, it was kind of awkward and interesting. Mm -hmm. it, it sounds out of place, but in a really interesting, effective way. I think you just defined jazz again. Y yes. To a degree. And there's this little note that's sung, kind of oh. a owl. Okay. That, that, like at four and a half minutes. Oh. Just, I thought it was kind of interesting because cool. we don't get a lot of vocalizations. I no. mean, some. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing the sample you pull of that. I'll have yeah. to go back and listen again. Mm -hmm. And then there was a video. That's right. A video for <laughs> 10. A promotional video, though you and I were talking about it like... Like, what, are there any videos that are made to, like, decrease sales yeah, yeah. of albums? I see, I read that, I'm like, what, a promotional video? What? Of course it's promotional. <laughs> They're all promotional. Right. Yes, but it wasn't, like, officially released to MTV or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a poorly attended play of a bank robbery. Yeah, you're right. It's a small stage. Uh-huh. We could find nothing about where it was shot. Mm -mm. I wondered if it was at the Minnesota Dinner Theater, uh -huh. which we know was nearby, which is where the backdrop for the Sign of the Times album cover came from and the inspiration for the stage design came from. Uh, but I could find no indication of that at all. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Manisha Leitner in her yellow dress with her red accessories yeah just like the album yeah the, you're talking uh -huh. about the model from the album cover yes and then you recognize the dancers well i think one of them is damon dixon okay. um who was in princess circle at this time and ended up being you know one of the three game boys with tony m and kirk j for the diamonds and Pearl pearls tour uh-huh uh yeah i got a screenshot of it of him and uh sent it to Chambers Stevens, who you thanked at the beginning of the show. And I was like, you think that's Damon? And his response was, not as helpful as usual. It could very well be, he said. <laughs> okay. All right. I died. You thought it could be. That's why you sent him the picture. Yeah, I already know that it could be. Come on, man. Oh, that's funny. I was trying to figure out that were the band members in the vault? Are they what what they were trying to withdraw? Was it the was band so members? The, I don't know. The green screen with the jail bars <laughs> yes. and the camera would move. <laughs> and like, so the bars stay in one place and everything behind the bars is moving left and right. It's just like, oh, uh, <laughs> it's very, um, very low budget. Let's say that. Yeah. And then the cop uses Manisha's uh, human, human shield. shield. Yep. I'm like... There's a lot of things the police shouldn't do that they do anyway, but I'm pretty sure using even a perpetrator as a human shield is a big no-no. Yeah, that's probably not part of training. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And they give up to this really inept cop pretty easily. Yeah. And it ends like a minute or so before the end of the song. Right. It's just yeah. like... It's goofy. Then... I mean, I say it's low budget, which of course it is, but it's silly fun. That's yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that they made a video at all is kind of amazing. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then we have 11. Recorded the same day as 10. As I said, the day after the sex of it. Thank you, Prince Vault. Mm-hmm. We've got a Godfather movie sample at the beginning of this. And then they tried to take advantage of her. Which is a theme that 
came back throughout the... I mean, this almost is like an instrumental Godfather album yeah. to a degree. It's got a very... Well, and especially the way everybody is dressed in the videos as well. There's a very, like... Yeah, light gangsta. Yeah. yeah. Very, uh, what are they called? Wise guys sort of feel. No. Like, yeah. Very, mm-hmm. uh, like, mob mafia, but in a, like more lighthearted way than the actual a less harmful mafia. way. Yeah, yes. I didn't realize it was Susanna Melvin who was uh saying the phrase baby dollhouse. Uh-huh. Baby dollhouse. Throughout the song when there was a song that's still unreleased called Baby Dollhouse, mm-hmm. which is where that came from. Yeah. Also not in circulation to my knowledge. Right. Prince may have played this live mm. in 2003 at B.B. King's Blues Club oh, in Los Angeles. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. That's some deep cut knowledge. Mm-hmm. We do have uh, Sheila E. on drums and Levi Caesar Jr. on bass, in addition to Eric Leeds and Prince on this song. Mm-hmm. What song. do you think he says at the beginning, the sample? I have ma- seen The uh, Godfather once in my life, yeah, maybe. I, don't I mean, I don't want to be it. all steely Dan about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen it. Well, I think I've seen The Godfather 1 and 2, never saw 3. But... So I don't remember where this is in the film, but it sound, it's kind of muffled also. Mm-hmm. So my interpretation of it is, and then they tried to take advantage of her. And then they tried to take advantage of her. No, I don't know. I That's didn't, what I heard. I didn't worry about what they were saying, really. Oh, I was so worried about it. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't concern myself at all. Uh, I just took it as like an instrument. Like this kind of gives you a vibe and I don't, uh, what they're actually saying. Is maybe irrelevant is to you? Not that overall important. Wow. I bet uh, Salvatore Corsito is upset. Or Americo Boncera, our... the character. My words aren't important to you. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> This one feels more experimental to me than yeah. jazz. It's a really like a funky turn on artsy instrumental music. Fair enough. That's how I felt about yeah. it. I mean, and I thought for Levi Caesar Jr. getting credited for bass guitar and actually playing it, it's hard to hear bass guitar in this. It sounds more like a repeating synth line that serves as a bass to me. Like if you listen to it at eight seconds and nine seconds, there's... Something else that to me sounds more like that it's, you know, masquerading around as a bass guitar than Levi. I heard the bass more like at three minutes and 49 seconds is when I could really hear it well. Yeah, there's a breakdown there where you Mm -hmm. can hear it. True. That's very true. The repeats of Baby Dollhouse Mm -hmm. made me... Reminded me of Fatboy Slim and oh. that type of music where they take just a single mm-hmm. phrase or a lyric from something and yeah. use that as the basis for a whole song. Yeah. What this song taught me was that Baby Dollhouse is way less annoying of a repeated phrase in a Madhouse song than Home. <laughs> home, home was on Madhouse 8, which drove me crazy after yeah. I started listening to it because it went on for so long, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, what you just described 
matches another note I had on this, that it's kind of a bit of an experimental soundscape mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, and it's complicated and messy, but in a unusual way that's not displeasing. It's not upsetting in any way. It sounds like the kind of review that Joey Tribbiani would read and be thrilled with. <laughs> he said I'm not displeasing. <laughs> Uh, there's some high pitched, uh, synth sounds that sound like a child or a bird chirping. And it repeats a few times at the five minutes and 20 second, 26 second mark. That I wanted to note before we move on. And I always thought that the other Godfather sample that says, and then, and then. At uh-huh. the very, I thought that, and then it's like a cut of the sample at the beginning of this song, uh-huh. which you don't care about because <laughs> you weren't listening. But it says something like, and then they tried to take a demand to her. Oh. I thought that 12, the next track, started with, and then, like they cut it even shorter, but it's actually part of the end of 11. Yeah. Not with 12. Just cool. as a note. Yeah. Then we have 12. And then. And then? And then? I think you'll be impressed if you go back and listen to that and you'll hear. And then? Okay. Like, it's it's leading you along. Uh Like, I feel like all these Godfather characters are holding my hand and trying not to displease me as they walk (laughs) me through the experimental soundscapes of Madhouse 16. That's right. They're inviting you to listen or else. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Or else you might find a horse head in your bed. (laughs) Twelve, five minutes and 18 seconds. It was included in Jack You Off on the Love Sexy Live Home video. Yes, and actually when we covered Love Sexy, which was Uh the very first album and era that we covered on this podcast, we listened and watched the Live Sexy Laserdisc on YouTube, not on Laserdisc. Uh Um, And of course I had heard this and sung along with it forever and had never made the connection between 12 and what they play on Jack You Off. Shame Mm -hmm. on me. That's all right. Yeah. And then it was also in the concert video that we got with Sign of the Time Super Deluxe. Right. Like, like it's named and everything. Yeah. 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 Super fun. I thought this is some swing fun with sax playing Mm -hmm. underneath and uh, dancing a bit off keyboard hits from 17 seconds to 26 seconds. There's like keys that play and then a sax that plays. It reminds me of what Prince and Dr. Fink did on guitar and keyboards respectively. And I can never take the place of your man on the concert film mm-hmm. where Prince would play a part on guitar and Dr. Fink kind of mimicked it on keyboard mm-hmm. and then went back and forth a few times. That kind of happens here too, even though Dr. Fink does not appear on this track, right. even though he's credited. Well, and the keys are played so well, but after like 25 seconds or so, they play they play this organ sound. Uh-huh. I'm like, I just don't like the organ oh, sound. Oh, I love the Hammond organ mm-hmm. sound. Like the one like that, uh, what about the one Prince played at the beginning of Hot Thing with the light that was attached mm-hmm. to it? You didn't like that either? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it one of my favorites. It reminds me of soap operas. I don't like it. Hmm. 
Reminds me of Dracula. <laughs> okay. The funkiest villain around. You said this sounded like swing. I thought it sounded like big band, too. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the whole yeah. feeling I got. Yeah. So I'm like, again, kind of not jazz. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered if you would like this for that reason, because mm-hmm. it sounds big band, even yeah. though there's only two musicians present. But mm-hmm. there are also conversations going on in the background throughout this that are generally impossible to make out. But it sounds like there's a small audience listening mm-hmm. and clapping. And the clapping starts at 56 seconds. And it's on the upstroke. It's not on a beat. Uh-huh. It's on what Prince loved to call and point out and try to teach everyone. The upstroke. Yeah. Between the one and two, essentially. Right. Yeah, they clap and they do finger snaps. Right, and a little woo. Uh-huh. It's real fun. But you do get one spot where you can clearly make out someone talking. Oh, okay. And it's Prince uh-huh. at two minutes and 16 seconds. And he says, turn the house lights on. I did not hear that. Well, I look forward to listening to this podcast and being... <laughs> Having my eyes opened. There you go. So you're pretty certain it's him. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Never I thought it was really before. cool. I listen to this song probably a lot uh-huh. in prep for this, too, trying to pick out things and totally missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the saxophone really takes on the lead singer role in this one, especially around the minute 25 second mark. And... Uh, coin a term from Christy. I love the piano tinkling that happens mm-hmm. from 2 minutes and 31 seconds to 2 minutes and 35 seconds. And just to continue that big band feel, it to me sounded like people, the crowd could be doing the Charleston dance in the 1920s from uh-huh. ni- uh, 3 minutes and 25 seconds to 3 minutes and 37 seconds. It's just very playful interplay between instruments. instrumentally and i love when it really takes off at three minutes and 44 seconds like this kind of crescendo on in the song where the sax really takes off and the crowd noise gets louder and we hear woo Play. Mm-hmm. They're saying play at about the four minute and 24 second mark. Yeah, and they chant it at the end. Yeah, too. the song winds down, the crowd keeps having fun, and then they all, after the song's over, play, play. You know, uh-huh. it keeps getting chanted from like five minutes and three seconds until the crowd fades out. And. It's probably the first time we've heard Madhouse in the studio get applause. Yeah. I really thought this would have fit really well in one of the older movies that Prince loved so well. Yeah. That's how it really felt to me. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gave me a new appreciation for kind of what he was trying to do in Under the Cherry Moon, where he put it in black and white and, you know, kind of made it feel old, which... I think is part of the reason why people didn't love it. 
Well, I think the campiness of it, too, is yeah. purposefully campy. Yes. And, you know, people were hoping for Purple Rain, too, of course. And he was trying to do the exact opposite of that. And uh-huh. there was very little warning. Yeah. And uh, I think the first single off Parade being Kiss uh-huh. was not misleading because I think it fits beautifully on the album. But that's not what the album sounds like. And it's not an indication of what the movie was going to be like mm-hmm. either. Which is funky stripped down thing. It was a, a a trip back to the talkies. Yeah. Well, and it just kind of made me realize and 12 kind of fit this. Like he's taking the opportunity to step into this old glamorous Hollywood world yeah. for a moment. And he did that in 12 and he did that in under the cherry moon and true. Just how enjoyable it was. I agree. I thought this was a great, a great track. I had forgotten how much I liked it mm-hmm. and how, and every time I listened to it and I love 13, but I kept hitting the back button mm-hmm. so I could hear 12 again. Mm-hmm. So speaking of 13, yeah, written entirely by Prince, Another single. This one was backed with four from the first album. Yep. Mm-hmm. Strange marketing, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of get it. I get it, With too. the albums being, you know, ten months apart and, you know, album two trying to lift up album one. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. We've got another line of sample dialogue at the beginning of this. I didn't realize it was James Can. Mm-hmm. James Kahn. Kahn. Yeah. From The Godfather again. Mm-hmm. A Sonny Corleone. Yes. Yes. Did you try to understand what he says at the beginning of this track? Would you like my interpretation? Yes, I absolutely would, because I did not write it down or try to decipher it. All right. I think, and again, this is from me seeing The Godfather once in my life. But a bing you blow their brains all over your nice Ivy League suit. <laughs> but a bing you blow their brains all over your nice Ivy League suit. That's what I heard. That sounds right to me. I went looking to see if I could find the dialogue and couldn't really find it. So that's what I've been saying all my life. So that is what we're saying here. Welcome to the madhouse. (laughs) I found it fun to hear the same slowed down thunder-like sound effect that we pointed out in Baby Mm Go-Go throughout this song. But you can hear it at 14 seconds. Then at 25 seconds. And... The machine gun sound effect is throughout this thing. It's mm-hmm. You can hear it at 36 seconds. Then a minute and 36 seconds. It's all these fun callbacks to samples that we've, and noises that we've heard in other tracks. It amazes me that by this time, there were still like music critics and reviewers saying, you know, I think that Prince might have had something to do with these Madhouse albums. And like the clues are everywhere if you really mm-hmm. listen to them. Yeah. I thought the sax really shines in the song. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like sound effects and other stuff going on, which could feel cluttered, but yeah. it doesn't. It almost feels like like if we had, he had made a album called Bob George. Yeah, this would be on that album. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of caperish a little bit too, and it's mm-hmm. I think by far the fastest and most driving track on the album so far. And like we said on the first album, eight, a great example of Prince's drumming skills from start to finish on this song. Yep, and then again we have another promotional video. Yeah. It's a continuation of 10, which I thought was kind of fun mm-hmm. to use. I mean, cause probably 
hey, we have this venue, we're going to record in a day or two or three or however long. We're going to do it all at once. Right. Uh, You mean they wanted to be efficient? (laughs) Yep. So there's the robbers from the first video in prison. Right. Counting the days. And Manisha's wearing very tailored, striped outfit. Okay. Makes her very sexy, and she makes a fool of... Dr. Fink and Eric Leeds, who are playing the police officers. Yeah. Um, it's silly and endearing that they put, like, Eric Leeds <laughs> sitting in the back seat of a cop car from an old movie. Was, I thought it was very silly, but fun. Yeah, I'll give these credit. I mean, if they're going to be campy and mm-hmm. low budget, then they, they are enjoyable to watch. I'm not the biggest fan of videos. Right. In the first place, and this is sort of a reason why. I mean, I don't know that they particularly add a lot to the, to the song, but okay. Yeah. They're there, and they're fun to watch. Yeah. All who, right. who do you think, for, sorry to interrupt you, is saying, don't move? Don't move. Okay. That's literally the thing I was going to talk about. Oh, okay. I <clears> thought <throat> you were going in a different direction altogether. So I have a whole, a whole thought. Okay. Because there's don't move. Don't move. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And I wonder. I don't know. I don't have nothing to back this up. All conjecture. Okay. But it looks like Manisha says "Don't move" in one of the videos, but there's no voiceover. Hmm. Okay. So I wonder. This is very snake eating its tail. Okay. That they recorded the video. And Prince added a sample of her saying, don't move mm. from the unused audio of the video and put it into these songs. I suppose it's possible or because it was in the song, maybe that's why she was mouthing it. And they used maybe. a cut of it in a different part than what was playing right. you know, when they were but dancing. I was just thinking how stuff. fun it would be it if be. he sampled it from the recording of the video mm-hmm. And then put it in what would be the final track on the, I don't know. It was just super fun to think about. Ooh, that seems very like something Prince would do. would be like, I like that. Don't move. I'm going to pull it out and sample it and mix it into this. Hmm. I have uh, nothing but my own opinion to counter you. Uh I thought that it sounded like the baby doll house voice. And so that's why I thought that's probably Susanna. Okay. But yeah, don't move, and then the machine gun sound at three minutes and fifty-one seconds. Uh-huh. Obviously, not credit anywhere. So, yeah, yeah. So conjecture all around. Yeah, yeah. We can dream. That's right. Then we have fourteen. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. It's this sweet piano and flute to start. It's a, like soft, and there's this rumbling underneath that's kind of relaxing, almost like the. Sound machines that have the rainstorms with light thunder, kind yeah. of. True. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. That's interesting that you notice it's a flute also. I did as well. And Eric Leeds is not credited with flute playing anywhere, mm-hmm. although it's clearly flute, and we know he plays flute. Right, and we know Prince does not. Yeah. Also thought it was interesting that um, on Prince Vault, it says that this was recorded the last day of July or the first few, di- first few days of August 1987 at Paisley Park. And this is the first song, Madhouse song, credited for being recorded there. We know that oh. it opened uh-huh. for recording in late summer of 87. All these previous songs were recorded at um, Prince's home studio. Oh, 
cool. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, when the drums kick in at 42 seconds... It made me look up to make sure I wasn't a musical moron. I'm like, this song is a waltz, isn't it? And so I looked it up. The more I compare 14 with what Google showed me was a typical waltz and what waltz music sounds like and how it works, which is like... The more I feel like this is indeed a waltz of sorts. 14 is a waltz. It's danceable, but in a... Yeah. Very uh, structured manner. I'm sure you will find it, but there are some really excellent videos from what have to be the mid, maybe early 80s of this guy and a woman teaching you how to waltz. (laughs) And it is the cheesiest, most fun thing to watch. I can't believe that uh, I've not seen it before and people haven't shared it because it's adorably dorky. Okay. Great. It's adorkable. Adorkable. Two minutes and three seconds, there's a bit of a pause in the music, and you get a short taste of the bass guitar in the song that's being played on its own there, which is kind of rare in a Madhouse song to Mm -hmm. hear uh, bass. Which is credited to Levi Caesar Jr., but he is not on the song, so we know that is Prince playing bass. Right. I thought it was really, like, sweet and unexpected. Mm -hmm. Just like, like, oh, oh, hey. Yeah, there it is. Oh, hey, there's some guitar. There. Yeah. Then there's some fun interplay between acoustic uh, acoustic piano and sax from three minutes and twelve seconds. Which again just sounds like Prince playing something and Eric Leeds playing something like it or countering back to him and then repeating a few times, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like in a minute and a half, there was a flute and mm-hmm. piano part that was sort of similar. They weren't play, weren't repeating, but they were complementing each other in gotcha. interesting ways. Mm-hmm. So I'd say this is definitely... The album's ballad. Sure. Um, And it's not a short song at all at 5 minutes and 14 seconds, but it's not particularly surprising. It doesn't seem that long somehow. Mm -hmm. I would think that a slow song with no surprises would seem longer than it actually is. Right. C8 from Madhouse 8. (laughs) Hum. But 14 has never been like that for me. Um, I do wish that it had... I mean, it's a sweet song and there's i think a spot for it on the album of course because uh, it's there but it doesn't there's no s- jaw-dropping part of it for okay me, you know that's all i've got to say about that all right then we have 15 and it starts with a sample hey man you got a job hey man you got a job but oh. that's not from i don't think that's from the godfather I don't believe so either, and I don't think I don't. it's someone asking if you have a job for him. I think he's, I thought that he was happy oh. that someone else got a job. He's like, hey man, you got a job. Oh. Like, where'd it go? I thought it was like a congratulatory thing. I've never heard it like you just said it, uh-huh. which was, hey man, you got a job? Like, like well, like, I need work. Like, yeah, like, I need work. You got something you want me to do? Mm-hmm. I've never heard it that way. Uh, you may be completely right, but uh, I've never heard it that way. 
I guess it's open for interpretation, which is totally fine. You got an interpretation? <laughs> mm. So 14 ends with piano and flute, and it kind of runs into the beginning of 15 with mm-hmm. the, hey, man, you got a job. Yeah. And like you said, there's no mention on Prince Vault where that came from. I thought it could be Levi Caesar Jr. It sounds a little bit like him. Okay. Um, and like you said, it doesn't sound like another sample from a Godfather film. Mm-mm. So we've got drums and a piano break that kicked the song off. Mm-hmm. And you can tell this is going to be more up pace than 14 was. Yeah, it's got these ominous but excited drums and this dancing flute. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, I, you want to hear me sing along to this one? <laughs> sure. Bum, bum, ba-da, ba-da, bum, bum, ba. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. how I remember 15. (laughs) Then we have this like unusual little thing that happens where the keys and the drums are doing the same thing. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a little weird. Yeah. It's unusual because usually the drum is keeping the beat and you've got keys that are moving the melody along yeah. in some way. And here they're doing the same thing. Yeah, it's interesting, right? And I'm like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah the, the, the sameness of it is unique somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, it gets a little tropical, too, at 2 minutes and 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like transported to, uh, I don't know, an island, and it smells like coconuts and yeah, sun, sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, there's like a xylophone mm-hmm. that gives it that kind of feeling. Yep. The little more touches of guitar at like 58 seconds, mm-hmm. which is fun. See, that's what I mean. This has these little elements that were like, oh, that's, ooh, that's uh-huh. got something going on. And 14 never really does that. Yeah. The drums get really complex and... Crashy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're talking about towards the end of the song mm-hmm. at the three minute mark? Yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, crashing cymbals and sax, piano, bass all through till the end of the track. They uh-huh. just kind of like open up and yeah. like play something loud. Right. And it's almost, it almost gets repetitive, but when that sax comes in and all that stuff changes, it's, yeah. it's just the timing's just right. Yeah. Like you almost feel like it's going to be too repetitive and then they change it up and end it. Yep. That's great. I totally agree. Yep. Loved it. Yep. 16. Yep. Last song on the album. Not the last song we're going to talk about because there's other stuff. But. Yeah. 16. Yep. More sampled Godfather dialogue. Indeed. What did you write down what he said this time? I do, but I've got question marks on both sides of it. And it's just because I have put words to it. (laughs) that make the same sounds as the sounds this guy is making. Okay. Right? And a man and wife position can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. (laughs) And a man and wife position can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. Okay. That's what I hear. And And a man and wife positioned can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. Okay. Prove me wrong, internet. 
your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Again, really complex drums. Frantic, in this. and this yes. is all Prince on drums too. Not John Lewis. Don't let them fool you. <laughs> There's these this urgency mm-hmm. in this song. It's really conveyed really well with the interplay of various instruments from 30 to 45 seconds. It's just urgency is palpable. It's so fun. I agree. Yeah, good call. Mm-hmm. We've got a very distinct bass line. You can hear it best near the beginning. From a minute to a minute and 10 seconds or so behind a keyboard solo. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like these definitive bass lines are somewhat new to Madhouse tracks. Mm-hmm. We mentioned big band feel before. I thought a minute and 38 seconds to a minute 50 seconds. We've got a big band feel during a sax solo that features only... A hi-hat and the sax. So we've mm-hmm. got this... It's like very... I don't know. Yeah, like, like... Duke Ellington or, you know, more modern, like Harry Connick Jr.'s band uh-huh. or uh, Lyle Lovett's band or something like that is what I hear. say that there's two instruments and i say it has a big band feel well but but it's got that like big band break feel yeah like like most of the big band is yeah they're getting a drink of water right and these guys are keeping things going along Um, you mentioned the bass guitar at two minutes and three seconds mm -hmm. the bass guitar plays scales oh yeah that are it's buried but once you hear it it's really fun to listen to yeah More super fast sax playing. Much to your delight, I Mm -hmm. hope. Three minutes and eight seconds to three minutes and 30 seconds. It's just a loud, noisy, fun mess of saxophone, drums, Mm -hmm. keyboards. Just all frantic. Yeah. It's messy. It is There's some space sounds mixed in there. Yeah, there are. Yeah. And then they end the album with this man screaming. Now, we know Prince has used a baby crying at the end of a song before. Uh-huh. Delirious. Yeah. But here, like you said, the end of a song features a man, not just crying, but almost sounds like he's being tortured. Uh-huh. No mention of who this is. Almost sounds like it could be Matthew Larson again. Oh, okay. Same could voice be. that we heard earlier that goes uh-huh. uncredited. Yeah. What? Whatever. The guy's not happy. <laughs> no. And that's how, and that's how you leave it. That's the end of the album. Yep. This guy is not happy and we're out. Yep. Peace. Yep. But we have uh, B-sides and remixes. That's right. To talk about. So the B-side to 10, mm-hmm. 10 and a half, but it's delightful. I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love that. Like six and a half was for the B-side to six. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the... Naming of these tracks is delightful. Yes, I'm I delighted agree. by them. Yes, 
It's got a really nice groove. Mm-hmm. There's some tinkling piano that's almost piercingly high. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to mention the very beginning of the song, a bass line kicks off the yeah. song, which is rare for a Madhouse track, but it's quickly set straight when the saxophone comes in at the 11 second mark. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, back on track, Madhouse. <laughs> so you mentioned on 15 there was sax and piano playing together, mm-hmm. like the same notes together. That I noticed that that happened here. I'd never heard that before listening uh, very closely for this podcast. Um, but from 43 seconds to 56 seconds, sax and piano are playing the same thing. Cool. Yeah. The same thing happens at the 2 minutes and 22 second mark mm-hmm. before we get to a very, very low on the scale acoustic piano solo at two minutes and 49 seconds, which Mm -hmm. is also kind of fun. Yeah. There's these like underlying synthesizers. Mm -hmm. They're a little unnerving under that light piano. contrast maybe Uh yeah and then the end is just a little creepy oh that isolated sax and synth keyboard Uh part yeah yeah a little creepy but interesting cool b-side yeah for a non-album track Mm -hmm. then we have 10 the perfect mix right so seven minutes and 23 seconds it's essentially an extended version of 10 or the full version of 10 and what the what the version of 10 that's on the album is an edited version right would probably be my guess but it starts with the same kick drum from the beginning of 10 it's no different same swoopy sound effects throughout too Mm mm-hmm sax line from the album version mm-hmm. welcome to the madhouse <laughs> doodly doo so i tried to find parts that were different to try to get us to the extra whatever it is two minutes uh-huh in the song it was hard to pick out yeah i uh, yes i imagine so there's some cowbell there's some cowbell uh-huh from 42 seconds to 57 seconds, there's a musical part that's not on the album version that it con- contains flute and synthesizers. Mm-hmm. A minute and 46 seconds to two minutes and two seconds, there's a new synth solo that's not in the album version. through these from two minutes and 20 seconds to two minutes and 35 seconds 
another synth solo that's unique to this version. is at 3 minutes and 47 seconds to 4 minutes. And then there's a very spacey sounding synth that's not in the album version at the 4 minute mark. Yeah, and it gets all watery and weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, it's just stretching out a little bit, mm-hmm. I think, which is fine. I thought the piano solo from the original song repeats like two to three times in this version. It's mm-hmm. like exactly the same. Like it's just replayed mm-hmm. in the song. Yeah. And there's a flute-filled interlude at six minutes and 13 seconds. Yeah, it's real airy flute. Yeah. that it's a wind instrument yeah it takes air to make it happen without Mm -hmm. air there is no flute yeah oh it's sitting there you just can't hear it (laughs) Uh, and it ends like the album version on those drum hits and Mm -hmm. uh, you end up with a couple minutes more of 10 the Mm -hmm. perfect mix yeah then we have 13 paisley park mix did not realize that this remix was credited to Susan Susan Rogers. Oh, I didn't either. That was interesting. I know she didn't do it on her own because there are some new instrumental parts and Prince Chat. Yeah. Which the, is awesome. The the only time that the vocals are not sampled. Right. They were specifically for this track. Correct. Madhouse 13 Rock This Mother Leave Some Competition. Ain't no other? I hear need some competition, ain't oh. no other. Okay, need some. Yeah. That makes sense. Bad House 13, rock this mother. Need some competition, ain't no other. He needs competition because uh-huh. there's no one like Madhouse or 13. Uh-huh. That's what I've always heard. Yeah, that makes sense. There's the machine gun sound effect again right after that chant at the beginning of the mm-hmm. song. Oh, man, I love this track. Um, you've got to listen closely, not, not super close. I'm sure you heard it, but there's a repeating one note synth going on in the background. This boom, 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 That was a precursor to the very same one note synth going on through the extended portions of I Wish You Heaven. Oh. It is, uh, basically the same, same, uh, cadence, um, you can hear it in this song, uh, 13 Paisley Park Mix, uh, at a minute and 25 seconds for a short bit where it's kind of isolated. And then later at the end of the song, it's seven minutes and 39 seconds. It's real easy to hear. Go back and lis- listen to I Wish You Heaven, parts one, two, and three, from two minutes and 44 seconds to two minutes and 53 seconds. from 5 minutes and 44 seconds to 5 minutes and 53 seconds. And the idea of this one-note synth and how it's played is completely lifted from 13, and I wish you heaven. Super cool. Yeah. There's a 
sample of a sound that's magic. It's a, oh. like a, it's like a, it sounds like the sample you would use if you did a magic trick and almost like ta-da, but it's more like not ta-da, it's a flourish. Where do you hear that? At a minute and five seconds. And four minutes mm. and 47 seconds. Oh, okay. It was fun. It sounded like, here's the magic trick. It's the reveal sound. Oh, I did not mm-hmm. pick up on that. It was very fun. I picked up on a new horn part from 51 seconds to a minute and three seconds. And a minute 50 to two minutes and 10 seconds. of Love Sexy when um, it sounds like there's Prince vocal sampling at a minute mm-hmm. 58 seconds. Lo, 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 lo. Or something like uh-huh. that. If you compare that little sample to the vocal sampling in Love Sexy from 3 minutes and 9 seconds to 3 minutes and 10 seconds, it's also very, very similar. Mm. So these cool. eras are kind of melding together a little bit. We've got the don't move and machine guns at three minutes and eleven seconds. Mm-hmm. Don't move. That's when I came up with the whole idea that maybe uh, he used the unused audio from uh-huh. the video to uh-huh. put audio in the audio. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he did, that should have a magic sound effect with it. <laughs> We get we, the more and complete Madhouse 13 chant following uh, the latter don't move. Uh-huh. Tell me what you got. Oh, this is what I hear. Madhouse 13, rock this mother. Need some competition. Ain't no other. Calling all no funky knucklehead brothers. Madhouse 13, rock this mother. That is exactly what I heard. Yo, yo. Madhouse 13, rock this mother. Need some competition. Ain't no other. Calling all no funky knucklehead brothers. But the the more I listen to it, I question whether he says brothers after calling all no funky knucklehead. I'm going to say brothers because I I can't get it to say anything else. But the more closely I listen to it, the more I question myself. Oh, I listened to it very closely several times and never questioned myself about that. Oh, okay. It got worse and worse the more (laughs) I listened to it as far as my confidence level goes. Yeah. Um, We've got that same slowed down thunder-like effect from Baby Go-Go that was used in the album version. You can hear it at 5 minutes and 12 seconds. I thought this was just a delight. Yeah. I really love it. Six minutes and six seconds, there's banging on the door. Mm-hmm. And then there's the sound that sounds like somebody strumming the tines of a cone. A oh. comb. Oh, all right. Not a cone, a comb. I'll have to listen to that again. I, I just remember doing that when I was huh. a kid, or I'd take my fingernail and strum a comb. Mm-hmm. To hear the yeah, it kind of plays sound. high to low notes when uh-huh. you do that. Yep. Then we have the final song we're going to talk about today. 
charmingly named 13 and a quarter. Yeah, I wonder what made them go quarter and not half. I don't know. To be different. I it, guess. It was the B-side to 13. Yes. Oh, man. This song. It has lots of cowbell. Big, loud, cowbell-like every second. Well, you probably ruined it for me because I didn't fixate on it, but now I probably will. <laughs> that was literally, like, I almost couldn't hear anything else in the song. Oh, no. Because that's all I could hear. I was like, what? What? I like cowbell, but that, that's too much. <laughs> well, here I missed the cowbell, or I heard the cowbell. I didn't, but I didn't let bothered it. By it didn't it? become an earworm for me. What did become an obsession for me was reading on Prince Vault that other than the similarity in numbering and music st- and in music style, 13 is not related, 13 and a quarter, sorry, is not related musically to the album track 13. Right. To which I say, not so fast, my friend. Okay. Because if you listen to this song at 35 seconds to 51 seconds... straight from 13 Paisley Park mix is played slower in this song uh-huh. and you can hear it in the Paisley Park mix from 51 seconds to a minute and three seconds it is the exact same horn line just huh. played slower huh. it's similar to me to how the horn line from Rock Hard in a Funky Place was played slower in the instrumental part of I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man in mm-hmm. live shows during this era. But there is a lot of musical similarity between 13 and a quarter and at least 13, the Paisley Park mix, when you okay. consider that horn part is common. Mm-hmm. And at a minute and six seconds, you get a little bit of Madhouse 13 Rock This Mother yes. chant. <laughs> Yes, you get it in minutes seven, uh-huh. uh, two minutes and 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. Four minutes and 37 seconds. It's not completely devoid of yeah, it's 13-ness. Very similar to me. And you also get the oh chant <laughs> from the Paisley Park mix. That, yeah. Uh, four minutes and 43 seconds. Mm-hmm. There's fun, really light keys at a minute and 37 seconds, but again, yep. they're kind of drowned out by the cowbell for me. <laughs> Jeez. We get the elementary school instrument, the gyro, uh-huh. the wooden rib tube yep. that you play with a stick. I thought that was really fun. Very cool. And interestingly, it fades out, which yes. is a rarity among Madhouse tracks. It's good that it's rare in my mind because this sound feels like a live-ish kind of thing. So to have a song come to a proper end... Uh-huh. Is good in my book. Yes, agreed. I wonder if 13 and a quarter, because it's not that far removed from 13, 
where like Ten and a Half was a very oh. different song from uh-huh. Ten. But Thirteen and a Quarter was closer to the yeah. single itself. Yes. Mm, and it's a nice a round fraction, you know, uh-huh. better than 13.125 or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be 13 and an eighth, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I digress. All right. So that's all the music we're going to talk about today. So we make some choices. Yep. We choose the time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. All pretty close in this case. Yep. The C, the low point, the thing that we like the least, the mountain, the high point for each of us. We each make these selections. And because these are my dumb rules, I go first. All right. The time capsule for me was the super 80s synths that we heard in the Paisley Park mix of 13. Oh, really? Some really, like, dated sounding synths, but in a very fun way. I guess it's, I'm I'm very uh, time-shifted in a way, because I've been listening to this for so long. Right. Um, It's hard for me to say, oh, that sounds like the 80s, because it's like everything else from the 80s sounds like the 80s to me, but Prince's music rarely, to me sounds similar to the sounds that are happening right in that era that's fine so the time capsules for me are a little weird okay so i'm going with the opening track nine and okay. it's the use of that fairlight patch that we heard at the beginning of you got the look and coco boys and others and it also contains that frank zappa bizarre sample mm-hmm. that was used in so many other songs from 86 to 87, and all of that dates it immediately for me. Not so much to the 80s, but to this group of songs okay. that were all recorded you know, within a year of one another. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the C, the S-E-A, the low point. Mm-hmm. For me, it was 13 and a quarter because of all that cowbell. It just, there was so much other nice stuff going on, but it was utterly distracting. Well, I would say that is a win for Madhouse to have you pick a C that was a non-album track. Uh-huh. That all yeah. eight songs on the album were better than a B-side. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's not the same for me. I oh. picked I picked the album's one ballad, 14. Okay. Not, not because I find it bad. I just find it slows the flow of the album down, kind of like how eight ended the first Madhouse album on a bummer of a note. Mm-hmm. And 14, I just kind of want to get through. I mean, 12 was awesome. 13 is fun. Mm-hmm. 14 is slow. And I want to get, you know, on with it. You so. don't want to go dancing to 14? I do not. Okay. No. It sounds, the way you described slow sax solos. Yeah. That's how all of 14 sounds Oh, like. okay. That's fair. And then the mountain. It was tough for me to choose between... 12 and 15 because I like them both so much but oh, I ended up going 15. with okay. 15 did you? yes just the interplay of the instruments in kind of an unusual and interesting way mm-hmm. those are the two songs that I'll probably revisit the most and I just said wow. 15 by hair I'm blown away uh-huh. I would never have picked 15 for you huh. for me it was Almost 12, because uh-huh. I love its swing. Yeah. And almost 13, because I think it rocks. Okay. But 13, the Paisley Park mix uh-huh. for me, beats them both out. I mean, Prince's Chance alone bring this one home for me. I love hearing him on the album. It's a lot of fun. Well, on the, on the extended version, not on the album, I guess. And if you have any doubt about Prince's involvement on these albums, on, on these Madhouse albums, 
at least his chants are obvious proof, but I mean, so is his playing if you use and if you listen close and his use of samples too are also very like, dead giveaway to me. But the Paisley Park mix for me, I just I love it when it comes up on shuffle. Uh-huh. The chant to me is just awesome. He made a he made a chant for an instrumental track being the baddest thing in the world. Yeah. And that's pretty badass. Super fun. Yeah. yeah. All right, so what are we going to talk about next time? Well, we are going to continue our ongoing coverage mm-hmm. of Sign of the Times Super Deluxe Edition with part two of our Not On Super Deluxe Edition Outtakes episode. We are going to be covering the song 101. There's a Prince version, a Sheena Easton released version, and some remixes. Uh, a song called Eternity, where there is an unreleased Prince version and a Sheena Easton released version from her album No Sound But a Heart. Uh, Shaka Khan also covered it later, but it was later, so we're not going to cover it here. We covered Good Love last episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover Cool Love in this next episode. Ooh. I don't know that you've ever heard that. I don't know that I have either. Uh, there's an unreleased Prince version and a released Sheena Easton version. Um, and the last two are going to be Feel You Up, which I know eventually got its release as a B-side to Party Man, but it was part of the Camille Sessions. Fun. So we're going to cover that. And then also a little song called Neon Telephone, which <laughs> Prince has an uh, unreleased version of, and a Paisley Park band, 3 O'Clock, has a released version of. Very So cool. I think that's more than enough for the next episode absolutely super fun well if you enjoyed this episode and you're looking forward to the next one make sure that you rate review and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts if we're not on your favorite player let us know and i'll work to get us there and you know tell a friend because it's way more fun when you can talk about all of this stuff with your friend we're your friends but you want a friend you can call up on the telephone or go have some safe coffee with and is there a dangerous coffee going around uh, no there's a dangerous <laughs> virus that you might get if you sit too close to somebody at a coffee shop i'm with you <laughs> until next time happy purple listening friends. thanks for sticking with us